Hello and welcome to episode number 195, the Armin Show podcast. We are in the place. We have a guest on this episode, a guest who is reminiscent of my blogging times, and I would like to do an introduction. Psychologist, Santa Barbara, many accolades, wonderful, connective. I usually do no intro, but I, I wanted to do one in this case. Gail Brenner, welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm really happy to be here. This is wonderful. I'm glad to have you on here. Now, how would you describe your career if someone asked about it? How would you describe it? Um, my career? Well, I'm a, I'm a truth lover. I'm mm-hmm. a happiness lover. Mm-hmm. I'm a perpetual student of happiness. Mm-hmm. And I bring all of that interest into my work as an author and a, um, a psychologist. And um, every time I meet with people, that's what I'm, I'm hoping to bring to them this possibility that it's always possible to find our way through our suffering and be happy. Mm-hmm. That makes sense. Now, and also suffering is optional is the name of your ebook, which is wonderful. It's a focus on that. Mm-hmm. When you had your website many years ago, A Flourishing Life, uh, which was your blog when I was writing on timeless information, what got you started on that back around 2009, 10, 11? Yes, I, that was so exciting for me because I have lived with this desire to write a book for many years, decades at this point. Mm-hmm. And, um, and I just wasn't doing it. It wasn't happening. But then blogging came along and I realized, oh, I can write little pieces and just click publish and put them out in the world. Mm-hmm. So I started a flourishing life and that went well. And then one thing led to another. And I eventually um, ended up at this point, I've written three books. Three books. Mm-hmm. And is there a progression to them? Do you have uh, multiple books in mind? When you wrote the first one, did you think I would continue writing books? What is your thought pattern as far as books along the way? The first one was such a big deal for me to write because it was the first one and I took a lot of time with it. You know, it's a big project to write a book. Mm-hmm. And um, so I didn't think of the progression. I was just solely focused on each one as I was writing it. Mm-hmm. So they're all related and interrelated, but it's not necessarily a progression of one to the other. Mm-hmm. I noticed this as you're describing that it's in the moment. I noticed that everything you're doing is in the moment. It's not distracted, which is most of what I see everywhere I look because I'm always watching what people are doing. Would you say that that is a core issue that you deal with with patients? Or what would you say is the core issue you deal with with a lot of patients that come to you? The core issue is that people believe their thoughts and specifically their negative, very highly conditioned thoughts about themselves and other people. Mm -hmm. So um, that's what the uh, third book, Suffering is Optional, is about. It's about that identity that many people sadly hold about themselves, that they're not good enough, they're inadequate, they're a loser, there's Mm -hmm. self-hate and self-rejection. And all of that comes from believing thoughts that have been highly conditioned in our minds, Mm -hmm. but aren't necessarily true. So the part of the beginning of the path through that is to begin to not take these thoughts for granted and really take a, a fresh look at them to see if they're actually true and if they actually accurately describe who we are so that the core issue is believing thoughts that aren't true mm-hmm. i noticed this heavily uh, as a slight addition there sometimes when i talk to people in certain 
conditions where they're altered. Maybe it's uh, they're very tired or they have had some uh, drinks or uh, moments of anguish or something. Little bits of truth come out and you hear what you're saying right now. But normally they don't say or I don't know if it's even conscious to them, these issues. So it's like they're stuck in a loop that they only see once in a while in rare times. Yes, but I also, so there's like a, it's called disinhibition, like if you're drinking alcohol or something, those normal inhibitions in the brain aren't there, so things come out. Mm -hmm. Um, But they're probably there a good part of the time anyway, either consciously or just below the radar of consciousness. Mm -hmm. And But the thing is, if they're there, they're going to be limiting in our lives. If they're there and we're believing them at some level, consciously or unconsciously, we're going to feel held back in our lives. Mm -hmm. That makes sense. Now, also, you have uh, one chapter says losing interest in thoughts. And then the next chapter, these core practices is welcoming feelings. Is it so that the loop is cut off and then it's in the moment? What do I feel like your subconscious responding to the situation? It can go both ways. Mm -hmm. So for some people, they're aware of their feelings before their thoughts. And some people are aware of their thoughts before their feelings. So um, it can be either one. And they're both an entryway into the other one. So for example, if somebody comes to me and says, I'm depressed, I feel sad all the time. I, that's what they're aware of, but then we start to identify the thoughts that are running through their mind that they haven't realized are actually there. Mm-hmm. And it's quite illuminating. You know, it's, it's like, no wonder I've been depressed because I'm believing all this negative stuff about myself and other people in the world. Um, and so, so they, they definitely interrelate thoughts and feelings, but, um, either, either way is a, is a good entryway in, but it's really useful for people to have the skills and confidence in knowing how to deal with difficult feelings because we all have them. It's part of the human experience. Right. Now, when you are working with patients or clients, do you... How can you, is there a challenge in relating as far as, let's say they have feelings of anguish that you don't have, or feelings of insecurity or uncertainty that you don't have? Do you connect back with the past when some forms of that existed, or do you try to feel it in the moment? What is the best way to help in that instance? That's a good question. And, you know, I think all of that is true. So, mm-hmm. um, yes, I can go back to my own experience of when I might have felt something similar. Mm-hmm. And there are certain commonalities in feelings in general. So, you know, obviously I can't have the life experience of everyone that I right. work with. But, um, you know, I think I have enough of a handle on it to be able to present with someone else. Mm-hmm. And, and I think that the being present with someone else is so healing. So in that sense, it doesn't matter where, whether or not I've personally had the experience, right. but I can totally be there for someone listening to them. And, um, and, and that's an incredibly healing experience for people. Mm-hmm. But I've also recently realized something else. Um, in the past couple of years, both of my parents have passed away. Right. And when that happened, I realized that there were certain things about that experience that I didn't get before I had the personal experience. Oh. So, um, so that, and that actually enriched 
things for me because I understood grief in a different way because it was part of my personal experience. So that I, I, it was interesting that I saw that once I had that experience myself. Right. It's like seeing like maybe we can't predict all the details around what's going to happen. Exactly. Exactly. Hmm. Yeah. I've thought about that too. There's some times where I've gone into something and then, oh, wait a minute. I didn't think of these two elements. They were just little things that you would never think of prior. Right. And then you're, you know, it just comes to you in your own life experience and Mm -hmm. yeah, it enriches things. Yes. Now, slight segue here. You have audio meditations, which are wonderful and they're, they're calming, but they also describe what you're saying. They're very present and what got you started on making those? And uh, do you have like a CD you put out of those? Okay. So, um, yeah, they're available on my website at mm-hmm. gailbrenner.com. Um, and uh, what started me on these meditations is, you know, I see a lot of people, you know, my work, as you probably know, is spiritually oriented. Right. And I see a lot of people on the spiritual path who keep seeking, you know, looking for more teachers and mm-hmm. more teachings and going to the next retreat and, you know, looking out there for something outside of themselves. Mm-hmm. And that's not where you're going to find that peace and happiness that you're looking for. Mm-hmm. It's about turning the direction inward to your own experience. So part of the um, inspiration for uh, creating these audio meditations is to invite people into their own experience and to not keep seeking for something outside themselves, because that actually works against looking for the discovery of what you actually want. The discovery is going to happen when you turn toward your own thoughts, your own feelings, and seeing what's actually in the way of your um, feeling the sense of well-being that's possible for everyone. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I thought about is uh, you, your focus is on self-awareness in the moment presence. Like one of my focuses is on like fear, fearlessness. So I'm very, I'm very attuned to people's Uh, fear or how much they fear something or in general are you heavily attuned to people's self-awareness and or presence is that like something that you uh, see very clearly you mean when i look at other people Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um wow that i you know i have a a, i'm pretty sensitive i see a lot of things when i look at other people and i definitely see their fear Mm -hmm. and um and the the ways that they limit themselves Mm -hmm. um and you know but i i perceive other people from a place of like openness myself so i uh there's no judgment here Mm -hmm. at all and no you know uh, resistance to anything i mean i feel um a a great deal of compassion for people in the ways that they suffer Mm -hmm. that makes sense it kind of Reminds me of there's this one business person who he says when he uh, meets a lot of people he has that sense too. But very I think very few people have that sort of empathy for when they're suffering they don't take it harshly upon themselves but they look at it like that's too bad and what can we do about it kind of thing. Yeah, and you know for me that empathy has developed a lot over the years as my own. Um, limits have fallen away. Mm -hmm. So I do a lot of um, inner exploration because I want to be completely free and I want to know 
all the conditioned patterns within myself that get in the way of that. So um, I've done a lot of exploration over the years with a lot of shedding of old conditioning and patterns and ways of being that weren't serving me. Mm-hmm. And with all of that, there's just been much more openness and availability to connect with other people. So, so there's that intimacy with other people becomes so much more possible when your own stuff is out of the way. This is true. It's like you can't do it when your stuff is in the way. You right? can because you're looking through your own like fog. You're just you know? talking yourself almost and there's like <laughs> yes. a confusion. The <laughs> other true. person's not even there. Yeah. No, that's a great point. Mm-hmm. Yes. The second part of your book is called Living Free, which is about uh, being free from within. And that's a half of the focus of that book. That's classic. Mm-hmm. Now, you are in Santa Barbara. I used to go to uh, Santa Barbara University. Do you like the area? Do you like the feel of it? Or are you just, I'm against Santa Barbara and I don't want to be there, even though there's a nice beach? <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, I think you don't know this, but I, I left Santa Barbara. She left, okay. okay yeah, I'm actually on an adventure um, that uh, where I sold everything and gave most things away. Oh. I have a little storage thing and I'm off traveling now um, in, indefinitely. So I'm a, I'm a nomad. Oh. And uh, I started that um, about a little over a month ago and it's been going amazingly and it's just an incredible part of my journey. Now, that's a very interesting question related to this nomadic uh, traveling. Does it include San Francisco? Because it did say that you have done some form of teaching or something at UC San Francisco Yes. Well, I actually, at the moment, I'm in San Francisco, okay, so I'm cool. here. But I'm about to go to Asia at the end of the in a, in a couple of weeks. Interesting. So I'm going to be there for um, about three months. That is wonderful. Uh, how was your experience or doing work with UC San Francisco? So that was a long time ago, mm-hmm. and it was um, fantastic because. I got to work with physicians, oh. um, and mostly physicians in training. I was doing clinical work myself, but also working with physicians, helping them gain the um, kind of listening skills and interviewing skills so that they can be better doctors. So that was really exciting for me. Oh, that's wonderful. Mm-hmm. Now, one thing I always like to check on, and this is wonderful because it's the cool timing, uh, these two separate ones, what is... Uh, a goal or a couple goals for the last two weeks of 2018 and then a general goal or set of goals for 2019 that you have. Oh my goodness. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm not very goal oriented. I see. Um, You're fluid. You know, my, what I've discovered is the more and more that I'm in the present and just allowing right. the, the, the life to do what it does through me, there, you know, there's a certain receptivity to that. Mm-hmm. It, it makes me less goal oriented. So things come up that I, that I feel right to do for me and then I make them happen. So for example, this trip to Asia, it just started coming up and, you know, I could have gone anywhere and done anything, mm-hmm. but I, it just kind of came up and then I, um, taking the actions to make it happen. So mm-hmm. my, my goal at the moment is just to organize for this trip. So that's, right. that's, um, what I'm, uh, doing right now. And my goal for the 2019 is mm-hmm. to keep doing, I mean, my life is amazing right now yes. and I just want to keep doing what I'm doing and it's incredibly exciting and alive for me. Hmm. This is wonderful. Did you have a general prediction around of uh, you being around where you are right now many years ago, or is there things that are 
uh, heavily different than you had predicted, let's say, a decade or two ago? I just never in a million years would have predicted where I am. Huh. Yeah. So I don't, it's all fresh for me. Yeah. I don't know what I would have predicted. Probably something conventional. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And what I'm doing right now is a little bit unconventional. So, um, and, uh, yeah, but I see that and it just keeps feeling right. Like I, it's, this is not a, a decision made with my head. I keep going into like, how does my body feel? How's my intuition about all of this? And, as I'm learning, and I know that these are life lessons that are going to serve me forever, like mm-hmm. staying true to what you know to be real for you in the moment and, and letting that speak, no matter if it's unconventional or freaky or fearful or whatever, mm-hmm. um, just kind of staying with that. Mm-hmm. Doing what you like continually. Yeah, exactly. That is the most motivating thing. When you do things you don't like, not only do you not do well at them, but then uh, you didn't do what you liked. Like you You're lost. not happy. <laughs> it's it's going to be disappointing or something. Yeah, exactly. You lose on both ends. But for you the lose. only the only self selling point is that I I should be doing this. The should, yeah, that's funny. Um, so and also, uh, as far as podcasts go, do you listen to any podcasts? Uh, do you like audio in that form? Do you check content through video, like on YouTube? What is a way that you get content, or do you not consume content? I listen to some podcasts. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm really, <laughs> this has nothing to do with the work that I do, but I'm interested in how, pe- I guess maybe it is in a way, how people do what they do. Like I like to, um, um, I think the podcast is called How How I Built This or How I Built That. Uh-huh. It's on NPR. And I like to listen to people's stories who um, are entrepreneurs and how they um, got to do what they're doing. Mm -hmm. And I love, um, studying creative people, like people who are really following their hearts. I like to like understand and even analyze, like, how do they get to that place? Because you have to be somewhat in the flow and you have to be Mm -hmm. listening. Like when I listen to these podcasts about people who started well-known companies and, you know, they were very successful, Mm -hmm most of them have some like intuition or some some kind of um, synchronicity or something happens that just like lights up the way for them. And I love hearing those stories. So, um, yeah, so I listen mm-hmm. to that. And I, um, I'm studying French. I'm always studying French because I'm interested in that. Oh. And um, I, uh, yeah, I just read, you know, some, like I'm reading The New Yorker right now because it helps me to be a little bit more informed. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm into the world. I love the world right now. And, um, you know, for a long time, I was very quiet. I was inside and a, a lot by myself and very, like, um, focused on my inner peace and inner world and all of that. That was for many years. And there's definitely a shift in my energy now where I'm excited to be out in the world and mm-hmm. interacting with people and um, with it, with this, from this place of peace, you know, and, and quiet inside and bringing that to the outer world. And that's, um, that's something that's very alive for me right now. Mm-hmm. I see it as a very healthy energy, frankly. Is, mm-hmm. is there speaking currently happening do you have a speaking plans what what's going on in that category 
Um, I've done a few events in the Bay Area, mm-hmm. and um, I do some online things. I do a Facebook Live every now and then mm-hmm. um, on my Facebook page, and you know I get some invitations and I do them. Um, so I love groups and you know working with groups and supporting people in their journeys, and then I'm also doing one-on-one work as well. Mm-hmm. That makes and I'll be sense. continuing that as I travel. Right. That's wonderful around the, the world. Sometimes I think about like, uh, I, I don't want to say it's, it's judging, but like I feel like there's more healthy forms and I don't see it often publicly. So whenever I see like a healthy presence, it's nice for that to grow because that's what I would like to see as the, like the main pillars of our society, like uh, self-awareness and uh, calm. And then what's the self-issue versus like sort of this like frantic running around confused that I seem to see a lot. Absolutely. There's so much frantic running around confused in our world. I mean, I'm patenting you know, that I, term. Yeah. The, the mantra is, you know, I'm busy. How are you? I'm busy. Yeah. You know, how many people said like that? That's not how, you know, let's, 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 let's redo that again. Right. <laughs> um, yeah. But yeah, I feel, and I can get into that myself, but really I'm, I'm trying to, uh, I'm working on really not going there and, and being this, you know, calm, um, bringing this sense of calm into every aspect of my life, which includes to other people as well. It's healing. Nobody really wants to be frantic. You know, it's, right. we feel impelled to, you know, we feel like it's somehow necessary, but it's really not. Mm-hmm. And um, it's possible to go against the grain of this energy that pulls us along. Right. I kind of relate it analogously to when uh, people are talking and then one person must jump in and say something. And <laughs> then if that person looked back later, they'd all re- always realize, why was I so, why did I have to jump in and say that? There's something underneath that that they didn't really want. Absolutely. That's yeah. right. And that's a beautiful area of exploration. Like if someone, you know, and I've worked with people who really can't handle silences in conversation. Mm-hmm. And that's a, that's a very fruitful area to explore in ourselves. Right, because it's right there. It's like no, no, no sounds. I must, I must something because it's painful, or I must hold this. Yeah, exactly. Huh. Um, in closing, what is if you had one message you would want to tell all people of the earth, if it worked out that way, uh, what would be one message you would share to all people of the planet? Um, that suffering is optional, mm-hmm. and I want to. It, and it is because we can go into our own experience in any moment and realize what it is that's making us suffer. And those are the things that are temporary and conditioned or learned. But if, if you can even imagine all of that falling away, there's this, um, uh, deep ground of being, I want to call it, this like underlying foundation of peace that's always here mm-hmm. and available for us to recognize. Um, so in that sense, the suffering that we experience is optional. But I also want to show a great compassion for the suffering of people in the world. I mean, there's some very difficult things happening in our world today mm-hmm. and people suffer. So I'm not in any way judging that people suffer and saying, you know, everybody should be happy with smiles on their faces. Right. You know, the human life can be very um, intense and difficult. And, you know, but when we bring our attention to our experience 
it's possible to find a sense with of ease with whatever is happening. And it might take some time to get there, but that's um, it's absolutely possible. Mm-hmm. And like someone I'm in correspondence with now over email, she has a lot of major health problems, and she's beautifully exploring how can she be this is the situation she's in this is this is the reality how Mm. can she be more at peace with what's going on and it's certainly no bed of roses but she's discovering that it's it it, when she doesn't like um go into all the the um freaking out in her mind about Mm -hmm. what's going on she's more peaceful so that kind of realization um and discovery of how we can be at peace as much as possible in our lives um, that's what I would love everyone to know, that that's possible. That makes sense. That's a wonderful message. I appreciate the message, and I also have been glad to have you on this episode. This one is 195 with Gail Brenner. Thanks Thank for you being so on. much, Armin. Thank you. You know it. And we are out. <laughs>